Hello, and how's everybody doing? This is Fullerton FC. My name is Alan Bedolian. Yep. And I'm Christopher Bedolian. And we're here. We have a lot to talk about. How are you feeling? I am tired. A lot of football. I'm just refreshing the Arsenal transfer news and simultaneously watching these games and you know struggling seeing some teams not perform so well makes me feel sad but then the joy of these other teams that are you know these cinderella stories like denmark with the loss of ericsson and still pushing through like wow some beautiful stuff happening yeah the scriptwriters did a good job this time otherwise you know decided to check out the Copa america semi-final i was between there. argentina and colombia i was with you holy moly that's yeah. the I think what's so fascinating is these different continents, um, you know, comparing Europe and South America, these different identities of football. And you can, you can argue all day about which one's better. Oh, I like Europe, European football. They're good. They've been winning the the world cup recently over the South American teams. They're, they're real good, but you know, South America has its right. They have some really good football watching that Argentina Colombia game. I think, there was excitement. There was the the way the players are on the ball, the way they dribble. Um, you know, it's more individual. European teams are very pass oriented, structured, like in in that way of passing. And these South American teams are fun to watch. The way they they move around, wriggle around defenses, ends up with a lot of fouls happening because they're on the ball so much. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, for me, I mean, you talk about the best teams in the world when when we watch the Euros and we enjoy the Euros, but. You just can't you can't mention the the whole world the whole conglomerate of football without mentioning Argentina and Lionel Messi and Brazil and Neymar and that contingent that they have over there is a solid squad and the goalkeepers the goalkeepers in oh my the god Martinez yeah they aye, aye. they put on a show Martinez was was basically hounding and and just absolutely destroying psychologically the Colombia penalty takers mm-hmm. and th- both those center oh backs. my god your yeah. mina got taken to the cleaners that was emmy was insane. saying some yeah. mean stuff but and and if you're an yeah. arsenal fan and, and you've been paying attention to when martinez had his his half season with us he after was, seven years after right? seven years of, of being on the bench and his attitude has been like that some people are just now sort of looking at him and saying dang this guy's crazy he's good he is the when he was playing that half season as the starting goalie after Leno's injury, like we saw this fire. I remember him. I I distinctly remember penalty shootouts or or just maybe individual penalties potentially. I don't remember exactly, but Martinez running his mouth to those guys and being this this no fear, not no nonsense nonsense, <laughs> saying some crazy things. Yeah. That's just how Martinez is. It was crazy. It was so fun to watch. Yeah, which begs the question, Martinez or Leno? Yeah, but that's for another that's time. That's another conversation. For yeah, sure. it's complicated. Yeah, but Copa America was interesting. It was the first the first opportunity that we actually got to, to watch a whole game from yeah, start to finish. Yeah, I dedicated to watch that full game. We you know saw some snippets around, but but that, that was a good game. Yeah. I enjoyed it. A lot, pre- of, a lot of fouls. Quick prediction. For me, Brazil takes it. I, I think Brazil takes it. Sorry, Messi, but your defense is too too hollow defense question even though brazil's is, yeah. isn't the greatest either but i think argentina's defense is gonna let them down mm-hmm. i think the way they were that day um you know that day against colombia was wasn't great colombia had some business to do brazil don't have jesus 
but oh, and, no. and he's known to uh, oh no to torment Argentina, but they'll, they'll pull through. Yeah, they have I a don't. Good team. I don't think the loss of Jesus. I see Brazil taking it. Yeah, because Jesus. I mean, he's he's solid. He's young, but this Brazil team has quality everywhere for the most part. But I mean, we have the Euros to talk about as well. Yeah. So we're gonna talk about the Euros. We're gonna break down the yes. two semifinals. Yes. Then look forward to the finals. Make some predictions. And then we're going to tell you guys, um, we're going to come up with our combined 11 for Italy and England, the two finalists in the Euros. Yeah. I think it's just fun. I think these two teams are fun. I mean, we, we've been talking about Italy all all season, all tournament. But this England team, obviously, everybody know, thinks that it's coming home. And it's just, it's yeah. it's good fun to watch. Yeah, there's been, there's going to be fire. Uh, hopefully not real fires. But... I don't know with the way these England fans are acting in Wembley as they have for six out of seven of England's games. <laughs> I'm gonna say that again later. Um, <laughs> but tell know, them, yeah. There's gonna be some, you know, some some roughness. I think we're gonna see some chaos, some fire, yeah. um, between the fans of both teams because these Italians are passionate. You know, they love their team, and it's the England Rome. fans are not respectful. It's coming. Rome. Yeah, is it coming home or is it coming Rome? Who knows? I don't know. You we, guys tell we, us. We think we. I think I know. I yeah. But I, I think so. I think it's coming to Rome. Yeah, it's coming to Rome. But you know, we'll be we'll be watching. I think the whole world will be watching. It's gonna be exciting. Just leading into this off season, with a lot of yeah. conversations outside of this tournament. But it's just been such a great tournament, and I'm while I'm sad to see that it's ending, I'm excited for the probably greatest climax that we could have asked for honestly yep and we don't get a break either because we're going to be f5ing refreshing the pages for transfer news in the premier league we're going to look forward to the to the premier league season what in what i think is going to be the most exciting premier league season in a while so many teams are finding their form it's going to be really exciting but we we should probably head into talking about the euros go back into for one last time kind of our full euro euro brains yeah back in euro mode yeah let's break down looking forward to the final we'll see what happens i don't know it's gonna be crazy um yeah yeah well stay tuned stay with us uh this is fullerton fc yeah check it out the two matches this past week the penultimate games to catapult italy and england into the finals were filled with intrigue drama chaos at points i think both of these matches had really everything you want um a little bit of controversy which we always don't like to see but still you know amped up the drama but let's get into italy versus spain yeah let's do it italy versus spain uh as we all know is one of the most played matchups in entire international history i'm pretty sure actually the most played in tournament history and this one was definitely going to be an interesting one right off the bat. You know, you have two teams that are very well organized, very well coached, playing to their own kind of beats that they've created for themselves and pretty comfortably throughout the tournament um, thus far until until they met. And it ended up being being a close one. It ended up being a nail biter. Yeah, I mean, the, the beginning of this game, you know, the first third, maybe edging into halftime, I would say Italy were were dominant, were really strong, played their identity the Mancini way, the Italian the modern Italian way. Um they 
they really took it to Spain, cutthroat football, and it paid off with a great goal. A, you know, fantastic Incredible. one after a, one that was uh, chucked off. Yes. And and they, they put it away. What a great shot. It was just the, the curl to the top right was just picturesque magic. Yeah, I mean, and Chiesa with, with all that momentum carrying through that he's been playing with he's he's definitely coming out as the standout player for this italy team that really doesn't have that pride themselves on being this collective unit you know it, it's always good to see and it's always important i think like we, we were mentioning with the italy game against austria way back then where mm-hmm. you know this team seems so per, seems so well um well drilled they may at times find an issue maybe they need that one player to turn up um yeah that magic moments. that Oh yeah, that that special something yeah, to thought, to turn the game. You yeah. thought maybe it was going to be Insigne, you know. Um, obviously that's kind of the popular pick, but I think it's ending up being Kies. I think he's their best player thus far. Yeah, he's been fantastic and didn't start. Berardi had the yeah. had the um the place over him for a little bit, but Berardi seemed to drop off, and you know when when Kiesa scored that great goal, that touch and volley that was just sublime. Mancini looks at this team and says, okay, Case has got to play. Mm-hmm. He rocked the field when he came in. That's what a good manager does. They say, all right, you, you're going to come in because you've been playing really well. This other guy has not been playing super well. He's had a good tournament, but he's starting to show signs of weakness. And once you see that, you know, there's no time to, oh, no, he just had a, a stinker. What are we going to do? Yeah. He says, okay, Kiesa, you're coming in. I wonder the one criticism maybe that was directed at Mancini was his stubbornness in a lot of ways with playing playing his style. I wonder I wonder what you think about about the calling up of um the calling up of Emerson and how he's he's been able to at least in that game in the game against Spain he seemed able to take over the previously best player on this team which was Spinazzola. Yeah. Spinazzolo, I mean, we have to say his tournament Brilliant. has come to an end, but man, what a tournament it was. This yeah. was some top, top quality plays. Yeah, in case you forgot, and, he had that Achilles injury. Yep, tore his Achilles, making a full sprint uh, during the brutal. last match. Yeah, that was brutal. And it was hard to see, mm. especially someone who's playing so well, who's had injuries in the past. Like, this is the last person you want to see, you know, go oh, out of a game. Yeah. And he's been playing so well. His pace is unbeatable in this tournament. His one-on-one defending has been fantastic. The way he overlaps with Insigne, it was almost like a, you know, the chemistry between them was incredible. Yeah. And suddenly to have that taken away from us. But I think that shows you just just how well Mancini understands this team. That he he's able to pick a player who barely had any minutes in this past season for, for Chelsea. And just be able to slot in so well to, uh, you know, provide, continue providing that offense and that that kind of directive going forward, the the positive directive to want to go in on goal. I mean, he hit the bar later on in that in this game. Yeah, yeah and he's no Spinazzola. You no, can't yeah. replace a player like that. But he did his job. He played really well. I know there were questions in advance, but. You know, the Mancini way is the way that these players have been learning throughout this tournament in the camps. And Emerson had his role. Mm -hmm. And he played it very well. 
I'm not going to say to perfection. He, you know, he was good. He wasn't game-changing like Spinozola, but but he definitely showed that he's capable of being a positive contributor to this Italy team. Yeah. And then I think moving on in the, in that in that frame of mind talking about the Mancini way. I think something has to be said about the Luis Enrique way for this Spain team. I think they did, I think he did a good job. I think I think they're scary in the midfield. He made yeah, the three changes that he made, he took off Morata, he added um Garcia in the center back. And Danny Olmo. And then Danny Olmo and in then the midfield. The ball. Yeah. It was it was definitely scary for most if you were in Italy if you're an Italy fan, you I mean, I don't think that you could have watched that game to to um completion with like just keeping your eyes on it because there's no way. Yeah. Even I was Spain like, was honestly the more threatening team, especially in the second half. Second yeah. half. The, you know, they they came in that halftime talk was something probably. Yeah. That they came back and then, you know, Italy faded a little bit. They mm-hmm. waned. And then Spain stood up yeah. and said, we're going to play the Spanish way, the Luis Enrique way. We're going to have all the ball. You're not touching the ball. Yeah, and we're going to make chances. Time. We're going to make a ton of chances. And, of course, our strikers are not going to finish those chances. <laughs> um, at least most of them. Yeah. One managed to get in. Yeah, um, and that was actually, it was interesting. So Garcia scored, or uh, not Garcia, um, Chiesa scored. And then Morata comes in in the 62nd minute. It's two minutes afterwards. And then kind of just makes an impact immediately and scores a goal. Thinks that he's proved all the haters wrong. We know, of course, that that didn't exactly come to fruition later on in the penalty shootout. But, you know, and the extra time, the extra time came and went, I think, kind of. On insignificantly yeah i mean it was it was a clencher yeah. it was it was tough but it was two teams just They're, holding you know they were tired they but had. the quality was still there yeah i thought there was still good football not you know the england denmark game not so much but this game had some great football mm. throughout the 120 minutes yeah good players all around one player though that not so good tiago <laughs> but that and, was kind of I not mean, that's the second game running that important that tiago has been subbed in you know, around, you know, towards the end of the game. Yeah. And just pass after pass after pass is too long. Goes out to the end line for a goal kick or just... He's too ambitious, I think. Or isn't even he, the other way around because he's I, just making square passes. I think... Well, satisfied with that. No, he... I mean, he missed, like, what was it? Five or six passes. Five, yeah. In the game. And they were all these ambitious long balls to the wingers these these you know big shifts in the offense yeah and i think he was he his brain was too big for his boots because that you know things didn't go on for him and and it overall hurt spain it you know it ended up leading to them being in a penalty shootout with an italy team that has donnarumma in goal Mm. one of the i mean if you look at donnarumma that is one of the scariest people to see in the goal like that big to be that good of a goalie that young and just it must be tense. Yeah, he's the best keeper to shoot against. He's him. the best keeper in the world. Maybe not as intense as you know trying to score on Martinez in goal because <laughs> he was a monster. We talked about that. That's but, different. That's different. Um, that Donnarumma is a top goalie, and Donnarumma's the best. Italy. I think Italy were happy to go into this this penalty shootout. They were fine, yeah. you know. Letting this extra time pass. Maybe not. Maybe just yeah. They were they were relieved. I think not so much. I mean, it's just penalties is always a thing. I mean, you know? Spain with 
that early streak of, of five misses in a row in this penalty spot. Unai Simon, not the most comfortable goalie to have between the sticks. He, you know, Italy were, I would, I mean, obviously a penalty shootout is a penalty shootout. You're not going to know what's going to happen. But I think Italy were happy. And, mm. you know, they had their, you know, they had a lot of good players in. They had Don Ruma, who, who was fantastic. Yeah, and they, I mean, they nearly conceded. In, in that extra time period as well. So just also the momentum speaking. Yeah, I mean, they held their breaths. Yeah. They um, they they tried really hard. Donnarumma, again, comes up big. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, huge with that block off the Pedri kind of lob in. Oh, let's talk about Pedri a little bit. I mean, he had himself a tournament. Yeah, well, while he didn't contribute too much on the score sheet, no. he was really good. He was... Not prone to mistakes like a lot of other players, you know, that are at that age in a big tournament like that can be. He played with confidence, with class in the midfield, hardly ever losing the ball, misplacing passes. It was a professional performance from him game in, game out. Throughout the tournament. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And I mean, professional performance from Pedri. Um, Good performances all around for Spain, I thought. Um, other than, you know, say for the lack I mean, of consistency. just the front line, really. Yeah, this Spain team is scary if they can get a proper forward. I think in. that's a team to worry about. And the way they hold possession, yeah. the way they move the ball around and just, like, slice teams, you know, left and right. And and just the, the way they probe the ball and then strike is something that is really impressive. And if they just had that spark that offensive spark to put the ball away. We saw Danny Olmo miss the absolute yeah, sitter. that was horrendous. Yeah. I mean, to miss a header like that, like, this is... Not this you have division. to put those away, yeah. and that, and that's the game for Spain. Then they're in the finals. Mm. That That is literally... The line is that thin between Spain going out in penalties against Italy and facing up and probably beating England in yeah, a final. I think both of these... I think this was the true finals. In my, I mean, we talked about Belgium. That could have been also... But you know, Belgium is a little bit more of a, of a a few players making the impact. But this is this Spain team is just well drilled. It's well balanced, and and then defensively also, I want to mention. I think they do a good job of just cleaning up messes. Yeah, it's it's and, a clean performance yeah. in the defense. Pau Torres is really good. Eric Garcia showed that he wasn't he wasn't too bad. Um, not how I remember him at City. Yeah, he he definitely has improved in, in his time on the bench. He is he's he's been good and and Laporte, former Frenchman, now plays for the Spanish national team throughout this whole tournament has shown well. Offensive threat. At Obviously, yeah he he was he was very good on offense. Almost scored a few times in this tournament, and he did score one I believe. So you know he's he's been really good. That whole back line has been solid. Jordi Alba, I thought it was fantastic in this tournament. Me too. I the way he goes down the wing. And the balls he puts in, yeah, and the way he makes space for himself, fantastic. Yeah, I think for me though, um, you mentioning Jordi Alba also brings to mind. You know, us reviewing a lot of these Spanish players, um, tournaments. Jordi Alba is kind of like Sergio Busquets, but in that leadership kind of veteran role. But he's just so involved. Like he's involved in everything good that happens for that team. It yeah, seems like. fantastic plays. The overall, but good players. the issue is. That he's the one with the armband. Yeah. He's not that kind of player. He's 
he's not going to stand up when we saw the infamous um, coin flip for the penalty shootout. That was amazing. Colini just yeah. straight up bullying Alba. That he, shows the leadership. He shows he's not, yeah. you know, he's, he's not a big guy. He's not imposing. You want an imposing captain as well as a classy one, someone who is um, yeah. a leader on the pitch. You want someone that won't get pushed around. Yeah, but it, I mean, that's a little hard. I mean, that coming up next to Chiellini, though, Chiellini is the captain of captains. Yeah. And he's going he's gonna to play the trump card in your head. He's going he's gonna to confuse you. He's gonna, And he's going to do it while smiling and <laughs> no, pushing you around. He's, that's Chiellini in a nutshell. So, yeah, I, I agree that Jordi Alba is, is It's just, you know, we need, to, guy, we need yeah. to find a captain for Spain. Yeah. Someone who can... I mean, Ramos, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, Ramos well, could have been that guy, but he's not at this tournament. He's signing autographs in Paris right now. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, he's that's sh- official now, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's 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 a crazy signing. But anyway, yeah. focusing more on on PSG hype can come after the yeah. Euros. Oh, for sure, we got. I have a lot of opinions on PSG, <laughs> negative ones. Not not I mean positive in terms of what they're doing, but negative in terms of how they're doing it. But yeah, and the effects. Let's move on. So they went to that penalty shootout. We know, um, started out with two misses from. Yep. Both sides, Locatelli and Olmo. And then a couple makes, nice pens, till the man, Alvaro Morado, who thought he had proved all the haters wrong, just tosses a howler. I don't know what it is, but as I saw Morado stepping up for the decisive penalty, yeah. the guy with the, you know, the, the glass confidence to go up and take the decisive penalty, I don't know who decided that. Enrique says he lets the players decide, but... I mean, Murata, I think he should have taken one of the first few. Not a lot of pressure because this guy's someone who doesn't really thrive under too much pressure I think that's that, that he can handle. Yeah. So I think that was a bad decision to put them put him at the decisive penalties. Yeah, but, you know, it is what it is. It's a penalty shootout. Things happen. And then Jorginho. Jorginho oh, my God. Filth. Unbelievable pen. I don't know. Like, Simon dove really early, like almost before Jorginho jumped. Yeah. It was like he went up to the ball. You study these players. You're like, okay, Jorginho is here. He's going to do something. He's gonna, yeah, like he's going to hop, hop up yeah. and he's going to decide which way. So I'm going to stand my ground and choose one way. That's how you handle a Jorginho penalty. And it's worked. A lot of goalies save his penalties. He did not have a great conversion rate. Totally. But Simon dives before he even jumps. Mm-hmm. So, like really early. So, yeah. Jorginho, you know, he's doing his hop. He's in the middle of the air. He's like, oh, he already went left. Yeah. Oh, it's a tap-in. I think... As close to a tap-in as a penalty could be. I think, yeah, it's tough for, for Unai Simon, a man who had himself a, a little bit of negative attention, just like Morata did coming into this tournament. And if we, who could forget that that whiff of the back pass that he let yep. slide right into the goal? So, this is a man who himself doesn't have the, the highest isn't in the best headspace probably yeah. at this moment. Not that I don't not that I don't rate him necessarily. I don't think he's he's Donnarumma. I don't think he's the best. But, you know, I mean this is a guy that you know, and after a penalty shootout, five penalties shot. It was the very last one. You know, I think you gotta give Jor- Jorginho also just I mean that was nice. It it's looked gutsy. nice. It looked mm-hmm. some slick finish right there from yeah, the man. It was real nasty. Who's now a Ballon d'Or candidate <laughs> according to some people. I don't know if we, I see it like that, but I mean, in terms of if you're just talking about the titles one, then Messi wouldn't be. Well, I guess for country, Messi wouldn't yeah. be, but for club maybe. But yeah, Jorginho's he's having a good year, and mm-hmm. they're moving on. Italy's moving on, and they're moving on to play England uh, 
the banter the banter squad after uh an interesting one i think against denmark yeah a lot of a lot of things to unpack here yeah the state of this england team you know what's gonna happen what are we gonna see against italy but this match was not easy england dominated the game um you know they had possession passing the ball around i don't think it can be argued i thought either. you know sterling did his thing a little bit caused some discomfort Saka really great from him the way he makes space in that right wing and cuts in and, and has no fear there was some good stuff happening in the single team and suddenly Luke Shaw gives away a foul 25 mm-hmm. yards away from goal some people saying it's a contentious foul but it's 25 Not yards from nearly goal. as contentious as what happened later yeah on <laughs> but it's 25 yards from you. goal you, yeah. and you know Damsgaard steps up to it he's he has a good um good tendency to hit these mm-hmm. and and we haven't seen a direct free kick goal in the euros no, the no. only one in international tournaments so far were Messi's two in the copa mm. so Damsgaard steps up and hits a real cracker super fast super strong doesn't go in the top left corner think... sort of goes top middle yeah close to the middle you know you could say oh it was it was going really fast but Pickford, it was yeah. Should have saved it. No, I, I. This is huge for me. I think I heard a lot from a lot of people saying, "Oh, you know, this was unstoppable." One from the pundits that were running the the match audio, the match video. But for me, this is a savable pen. This is a savable free kick. I mean, maybe not in the position that he was in, because he was standing kind of adjacent to the wall, and then that shot was just floating in. And yeah, it didn't. Do yeah, it. I mean, it's gonna be tough it's from just... his position, but he, he got a glove on it from his position that, in my opinion, was off. So there's no argument, in my opinion, that couldn't say that what oh I... he would have been able to save this penalty. It was a savable penalty. What I did free kick. free kick. Yeah. What I did see was, you know how there's these like pseudo walls that are made by the the free kick taking the, team. The forwards, yeah. The. I see them. They're stepped up. They're told to be a meter away. Yeah, there was some... And then they all, as just before Damsgaard took the kick, they all stepped to the right, like a decent amount, and blocked Pickford's view. I do think they violated that one meter rule. Um, For those who don't know, um, opposing players can't create a wall closer than one Mm. meter from the defensive wall. I think that rule was violated... But, you know, it's it's one of those, like, how it used to be with goalies coming off the line. like Yeah, and I mean, we've seen it from Pickford as well. Just kind of confused in, his, in where he has to be, where he has to stand. And, yeah, I mean, Denmark's going to try to do everything they can to get this one in. But credit to the to the shot. Yeah, and really then, great free kick. Yeah, just but then, brings Denmark you know, over the edge. Denmark scores and, and England come back. They start to play imposing football like they always been doing. They keep possession, play with a fast pace. Almost the vibes I saw from the beginning of their first match against Croatia. Mm-hmm. That high pace, great passing, because they finally, um, they finally weren't winning yeah. in this tournament. They didn't concede a single goal in this tournament until mm-hmm. then. Yeah, they had not been in this position. Yeah, and we saw England down a goal what they're going to do. And they did what England does. They play imposing football and, you know, really fun to watch. 
until they're comfortable then they sit back in their their shells yeah that's that's a lot to do with southgate as well but credit to i mean bukayo saka for a tremendous run that he started from basically nothing and then just drills forward and honestly creates such an issue for the denmark defense yeah and yeah just i mean coming into that position and then centering the ball is pretty much there's nothing that we've seen could have done we've seen those low crosses lead to so many own goals the first one italy versus turkey Mm. that ball comes in from i think it was berardi comes off of of the defender into the goal we saw it in the germany portugal game twice these low crosses are dangerous yeah and they're being exploited in this tournament i don't know why maybe it's the the tendency for teams to play five backs that is exactly and we're, it. Th- these boxes 100%, are so crowded 100 percent, in my opinion yeah it there's just a lot of confusion and then when you have that 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 winger who knows what he's doing i think and i think that's that's the key i think there's a lot of players who are wingers who kind of just stay isolated and think that oh i'm gonna neymar this i'm gonna you know, try to, I'll put the ball in, but first maybe I can kind of cut in, I can see what I can do, but it's literally unstoppable when you have these pace, these guys with pace, I mean, Saka's not the fastest in the world, but he's got good pace, he's got good pace coming in behind everybody on the side, and then basically sending that ball in behind the the Danish line, almost like out of nowhere. In, in a, yeah, in a really uncomfortable position for the Danes, Yeah, and it ends up in an own goal, as we've seen 10 other times in this tournament, the ball going in the net via oh, the defending team. That's amazing. More than we've ever seen in all the other tournaments combined. Yeah. This isn't just a product of the expansion to, to more teams in the Euros. This is an anomaly, a trend, whatever you want to call it. It's it's not an outlier. It's not some freak accident. This no. is for some reason. And, and I do think it's the five backs. Because we don't really, we used to not really see five backs in, in tournaments, even as, even in 2018, 2016, those tournaments. There, there's some something going on, and they're, you know, these these defenses, they're being, they're bunkering down, but they're being exploited in this way. Yeah, and speaking of something going on, we're talking about this England camp. There's something going on in this England camp that I feel like I can't quite wrap my head around. I don't know, I don't know what it is, but, I mean, you have Grealish coming on and then being subbed off. You have just strange... I mean, everything's changing. The lineup's changing every... Denmark played the same lineup coming into this game. Italy would have played the same lineup, save um, Spinazzola going down. This England team is just fluctuating constantly. Well, that that Grealish sub... You know, they they took the lead. Yeah. And at that point, you got to bunker down. So I I heard Southgate explain his decision. And it was a fair one. It just comes off so wrong because of... <laughs> it feels wrong. Imagine not he knowing. Didn't play badly. Imagine, imagine you didn't know the score, and then and you know the history that Southgate and Grealish have, and then you find out that Grealish came on and was subbed off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did he have? But I agree with you. Did he have a stinker? Did yeah, he do exactly. This? Did he, what's going on? Really, Grealish had a good game. England took the lead, and like England does when they take the lead, they put the handbrake on. Mm-hmm. They say, "All right, we're done. We got a one goal lead." Yeah. You know, we're chilling. Yeah, I mean, Don't worry about it. For me, the big thing in this game, again, comparing to Italy, because that's their competition, it, England, more than any other team in any other game this tournament, were given a lifeline here with with the penalty that was given <laughs> off of a Sterling. Just, I mean, 
props to Sterling for basically being England's best player yeah. thus far in the tournament. But and that initial drive into the box and, was really yeah, good. Yeah, smart, smart. Player. And that's what he does a lot. That sort but, of penetration. And, you know, this isn't a morality contest. <laughs> you know, I'm. I'll be the first to say that. You know, but you just have to call it how it is. And, and he flopped and. There was very minimal contact. Yeah, there was it, something. It's not a pen. There was contact, but... It's just not a pen. Not everything is a penalty that's contact. Yeah, it's just not a pen, and it was given, and... And VAR said, yep, let's go for VAR, it. And I, I even guess, look at it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I guess I can understand, because there was this contact, so you could argue it's not clear and not obvious. Not for me, though. Not for me, though. It's just, it's, it's a hard, you know, thing to do, is like... They're, they're told clear and obvious error, clear and obvious error. If it's not clear and obvious, don't overturn it. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we don't know if it's, you know, what they constitute as clear and obvious. And if there's a touch, like I saw a touch on Sterling's right knee and is a little bit on his left knee as well from the Danish defenders. But yeah, is that clear? You know, even though he goes down really easily, almost, you know, unprovoked. Yeah. Does it warrant the reversal? I don't no. know. For me, it does because, you know, you have Mela who who the foul was called on, and you have him imagine in being in his position, having to defend against a guy like Sterling. You know, it's tough. He 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 goes around. He moves in a million different directions, and I think while he has the right to do that, and while soccer, um, you know, football is this sport where we pride ourselves on giving the offense an opportunity. You know, you talk about the original rule of giving the benefit of the doubt to the to the offense. Now we have all this technology, all these ways to analyze things. And yet and it seems like, you know, obviously just throughout history, we always talk about, oh, Maradona, he was always getting hacked. You know, Messi, even in, in the in the Copa game, people saying he's getting hacked. But you have to respect these defenders, too, and their right to position themselves in a fair way to get the ball. And I think that's I think that's all he does here, honestly. Yep. And but again, not take nothing from Sterling, in my opinion. It's not a morality contest. Yeah, he did what he had to do to win. Sometimes you gotta be the bad guy. Yeah. And we know there's people like that. The Ramoses, the the, the Diego Robin. Costas, the Robins, the the Suarez. We, we could have a whole podcast just listening. I mean Sterling knows he's gonna take heat, but he says this is for the, my team. Yeah, we're the, going to the finals, the end of the and day. I'm going down. Yeah. and you know that's what he does. He's a professional. Yeah, I'll defend. He's a professional footballer. You yeah. can't hate Sterling. Mm-mm. You can hate the rules, and the officials. You know, not really. I mean, he sold it really well. I, you know, the, the initial call was fine. I blame the officials. I blame sure. maybe the rules around VAR, and I I don't I blame know. Blame whoever thought that was a penalty. <laughs> But, I thought yeah. it was a penalty until I saw the replay. So yeah. I don't blame the match official, the, the, the head ref. But like, this is what they do. Yeah. And, and if you're gonna, you know, if there's an exploit to the system, Sterling is gonna take it. Hundred percent. And, and yeah. it was a Kane close al- one. Kane almost <laughs> destroyed it for them. A, a laser pointed Schmeichel. We must say because that managed was, to save the penalty. That was a little bit of a disappointment seeing that. I mean, normally. They check for laser pointers on the, in the stadium. Really? For for those oh, who don't know, stadium, yeah. for those who don't know, Schmeichel during the penalty, it's apparent that a laser pointer was being shined into his face. Um, we don't know if he noticed or was you know put off by it. He saved the but penalty. he saved the penalty, but it spilled towards the middle of the field and Kane converted it. And it's it's tough. Yeah, like 
you feel bad for Schmeichel. You're like, you saved the penalty. You had a laser pointer in your eye. Already you know, a tough job. There's chaos him. happening around you. and You're in Wembley. Unlucky for him. And Kane puts it away. Yeah. I mean, he's still a wall in my eyes. What a keeper. But, yeah, I mean, overall, I think just it's indicative of this whole state of England going into this finals. Yeah. And it's just questions everywhere. Well, we can talk about yeah. them having, I think, was it Kalini mentioned, they played six out of seven of their games at home. What is, is this Euros? Yeah. This is supposed to be Euros in Europe, you know, all over Europe. And England hasn't traveled and only one travel, um, one time traveling to Rome, to Rome right? Yeah. And to put away Ukraine it's easily. A I mean, it's Ukraine. It was not a tough game, but every other game has been in Wembley. Mm. Like, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, and for me as a fan of of a lot of these players on England, you know, as a Premier League fan, it's you want to see them and you want to see them do well, but there's just you know, there's so much drama going on around the state of England and how they ended up here in terms of the stadium, in terms of a fluke penalty, a laser pointer. I mean, I, I hate to nitpick. You know, I always try to move on after these games, but, man, that's – there's a lot to talk about in, in terms of England being here yep. still. But, you know, they're but here. But, you know, it, here. it does hurt them a little bit. I think Confident. Italy comes into this game saying, these guys needed a penalty, a, a diving penalty in these circumstan- in these circumstances – so a diving penalty that was missed and the rebound was converted. That's what you needed to beat Denmark? Yeah. It, Mancini, that's what he's going to tell these Italian players, these it's Italian done. national team players. Like, these guys don't deserve to be in the final. Mm. Show them, you know, show them their place. That's what he's going to tell them. Yeah. And that's going to fire up the Italians. And, by the way, if the Italian national anthem gets booed at Wembley... <laughs> we riot. We, yeah. yeah, it's over. That that thing is a banger. It's a beautiful. That it's is a beautiful thing. What an anthem. Yeah. But if no, it but, gets booed, like that's gonna light a fire in these Italians. They're gonna yeah. sing louder. They're gonna play harder. I mean, there's so a lot. Of, I, I'm thinking, you know, things might backfire for these the English fans. There's a lot of credence to what you're saying because you know there's a, a lot is being said about how both of these teams are are rolling coming into this finals, and both of these teams are imposing. They have top players, but when you really take strip back the it's coming home and the the media hype around this England team. I mean, this is a team that had to play Ukraine and Denmark in the the last two games, the big games, the quarterfinals, semifinals, going into this tournament against an Italy team that had to play Spain and had to play Belgium. Mm-hmm. Yep. And people were saying, oh, Italy hasn't played any big teams yet. They showed that's it against just, two huge teams. Yeah, that's at this point can, cannot be said because they are on, not only on paper, but statistically based on these wins the favorites for this game i'd say so yeah. and, and they deserve it they've been fantastic yeah so we'll see you want to but make england move on yeah and they do it interesting fashion but they move on mm. so now we have the finals yeah let's make some predictions let's let's yeah. go into this, this um final. first let's uh we have some messages from our partners at cal state fullerton for you guys um, but we'll be right back we're going to look forward to the to the next game, the finals against it, with Italy versus England. We might we'll we'll draw up an uh, an 11 yeah, uh, between the two teams. I'm excited. And yeah, we'll look forward to the game. All right. Right back at you. Looking for content, events to attend, and free concert tickets? Follow us at Titan Radio on Instagram and Twitter to keep updated on what's happening with the station that brings you the music on campus. And for those of you still on Facebook, we're there too. 
Interested in the film and television industry? How about the music, public relations, travel, and tourism industries? Then join Entertainment and Tourism Club, also known as ETC. With ETC, you'll get the opportunity to network with industry professionals, attend TV tapings and company tours, get the opportunity to work award shows, and so much more. You can find out more on our website at etccsuf.org or follow us on social media at etccsuf. We are back, looking forward to this final. Long-awaited meeting between two huge teams, Italy and England. Both once the once the knockout brackets showed up, I think this was exactly what I thought was going to happen mm-hmm. in the finals. This, I mean, England had the easy path. Yeah. And I was kind, you know, I've been sort of siding with Italy this whole time. So I think this was at least for you and I the expected yeah. meetup of the finals. Yeah, me too, you know, always siding with Italy throughout this tournament, but yeah, and England just can't can't be understated their quality that they possess and that they were going to get here based on the the brackets for sure. Yeah, so not much of a surprise, but let's do a couple things. Let's look at the match, think about a prediction, make a prediction on the finals, and then afterwards we can make a, a combined 11 between these two teams. Boom. All right, what do you think? What is the oh, you're football making, gods? You're making me go first? What do they tell the you, football? Alan? Gods, um... They speak to you. They're speaking to me. They're telling me England didn't concede a lot um, because I'm arguing that that Italy are the more astute team, um, defensively, structurally sound. They're telling me that England went and scored most of their goals in the second half. Goals? This, most of their goals were scored in the second half for England. And so this is just what they're telling me. They, they're communicating. And they're telling me at the end of the day that it's going to be 2-0 to Italy and they're going to they're telling me that both of the goals are going to be scored in the first half. Ooh, interesting. I think I think it's going to it's going to happen. They're going to they're going to ask a lot of questions of England early on and then England's not they're going to be tossed out of their comfort zone for the first time in this tournament since the Germany game maybe and they're not going to have enough quality as compared to what Italy have defensively. Interesting. Yeah, what about you? Lay it in. It doesn't have to be that specific. Are they speaking to you? The the football gods, they've shined down. I smell... I wonder how that's a, possible. No clean sheets again. Whoa. I think we're breaking both clean sheets. Ouch, to my I, prediction. I mean, you said England score in the second half. Italy yeah. concede in the second half. Maybe. Um, This is not going to be easy for Italy. I, I think they're gonna they're gonna edge England barely. I almost I almost smell penalties again. But I do think we're going into extra time hmm. at one one. Just like Every the Spain game. game. Yeah. yeah, very common scoreline. But I do think I think it again, Italy's gonna score early. Then England's gonna impose their game style because they're out of their comfort zone. They're losing, and they're gonna England's gonna get something in the end, and it's gonna be really tight. And I think Italy are gonna put it away in extra time, if not penalties. Um, wow, that's the uh, that's a nightmare for a betting man, the one that you <laughs> predicted. Mine's pretty done and dusted, in my eyes. But you know, I could definitely. I mean, I'm not sure that the football gods were speaking to you because they were speaking to me. But I. Also, smell a long-range goal. I don't know by who. 
Insigne? Maybe. I don't know. I think something is happening from outside the box into the goal. Huh. Okay. But we'll have to see. All right, interesting. I think that's... that's... That was the last scent. The, the they hint. just left you with the little... The little aroma. The specific, yeah. For me, it was the first half thing. For you, it was a, a long-range yeah. effort. All right. So you said, you, let's hit that combined 11 next. Yeah, so we'll start at goalie. Standard. But before we go, four, so three, three. I just want to make sure. So are we talking about the current... the how they're being played and their performances in the tournament or are we talking about the quality individually i think you have to take both into account i think priority should be form okay and how they're being played okay uh, okay mm, all right whatever you say all right let's go let's go i'm ready all right so standard i think four two one three is a very common formation at least in the premier league sure yeah i, I don't i don't want to make a five a five-two-three. That's not my jam, even though Southgate's probably gonna put that away. He's definitely gonna put in the Italy five, game. Yeah, I think that's what he's gonna put. But let's take a four-two-one-three. Okay, let's do. Let's do right. it. In goal, Donnarumma versus Pickford. I think has to be the the Italian man. Donnarumma is just so imposing in that goal. I mean, we're talking about the best goalie in the world. His shot stopping ability is really good unmatched at least maybe by summer in this tournament mm. um but yeah, really he's been one of the best goalies in the world right now yeah i have questions about his distribution yeah the spain say, game was, was subpar say, that's but so was pickford's i think um he was also a bit poor in that front even though he can bomb a ball down the field like a madman mm. but I, yeah i think don edges it yeah i mean pickford isn't even really the number one in the england camp Say for Nick Pope. Nick Pope injury, yep. but yeah, for sure, hundred percent. Let's okay. move on. All right, let's start at the left back. Shaw versus I guess Spinozola is injured. We, I mean, it would be a no brainer. Yeah, for me, this is a this is this one just throughout. If we finish this eleven, when we finish this eleven, this is still it's gonna be just a yellow mark because it's Spinazzola, it's, a, it's a victim of circumstance. Yeah, Spinozola deserves a yeah. spot if he was here. Hundred percent had a great tournament. Is just such a quality addition to that team going forward and defensively which i think shaw shaw is is interesting he's having he's having a good tournament and going forward providing a lot of assists yeah emerson only really had one game yeah. so i so think by default shaw. it goes to shaw who's played well yeah you can't but put that yeah, we'll give it to shaw let's move all right center backs this is tough i i, I think i'm gonna put a rule that we have to pick one from each team mm. because Italy have the Kalini Bonucci duo, who's they've been really good. They've been, you know, despite their age, they've been fantastic. Best partnership. And we have, of course, England, who did not concede a single goal until a free kick, and still haven't conceded a goal in open play yeah. in this tournament with good quality. With so the, you can't deny the heading ability you know, of both of, you know any of those guys. Yeah. So, I'm thinking Maguire and Kalini in that center back duo. Uh, for me, it has to be Bonucci. I'm sorry. It has to be Benucci. Killini is the leader. I get you. I understand what you're saying. You're playing. I mean, they're both together so, so solid. But Benucci is that guy who's getting in front of every ball. He's the guy, if when when it, it's called on in the moment to defend, it's Benucci. It always, it's yeah. always Benucci. I mean, but Killini, who does his job in the center back you know, position, I, I see him like driving forward sometimes. It's really exciting yeah, to see. Yeah, it is interesting. But he does his job, and he fires up this team. He pushes this whole squad to go further. And that's sort of why I feel like Kalini should be on here. 
But I, I do see Benucci. I guess if we're going I by... I can't budge. Just technical ability. I Because I hear you. I hear you. He's that leader. He's pushing forward at times, which is nice. But without Benucci he, in that position, that's not the same team. Right. That's not the same. It's I'll not give the, it to you. It's okay. not the successful Italy Maguire team. and Benucci it is. What about right back? We have Di Lorenzo, who came in early in this tournament after the first game, actually, for an injured Florenzi versus Kyle Walker. Yeah. <laughs> for me, um, for me, this is going to be. I think Kyle Walker is the better player, one hundred percent. But if we're talking about this tournament, like you mentioned, and how how well the the players seem to be flowing, ebb and flowing in this match, to me, I would pick Di Lorenzo in this scenario. It just Kyle Walker is just a class above one hundred percent. You know, most right backs in the world, his most his players, strength. Yeah combined with his pace and his you know ability to tuck into that third center back role i think he's so versatile such high quality on the pitch that's why pep has never had to worry about kyle walker in his team he's a you know no-brainer in my opinion di lorenzo has been good of course his whole italy team has been good but i didn't see the fire on that right side with him as much as you know that spinazola left side yeah, and to me it's so Walker weird. the way he combines with Saka, mm. and and he lets that right side have a lot of action, and I really like what I see from him in this tournament. I have to say Walker. I, I don't think I can move right. on that. All right, so you gave me you gave me Benucci. I will give you Walker, but I want just one more mention, just the yellow flag that this tournament and then Gareth Southgate in control of this lineup question marks in terms of how, how he's going to be fit into the team if, if he plays in the center of a five back he's not at the same player but let's I'll, let's okay. give it to walker let's move on all right let's look in the midfield so three midfielders let's just say any type of midfielder can come into this position okay i think declan rice is a shoe-in i think he's the he's a young star for i think sure, he's for been this england team wonderful yeah 100 percent I think there's not even a conversation to be had. He's just so solid, and he's part of the reason England haven't conceded in open play yet. I think he's, yeah, he's one of the main reasons, actually. And Calvin Phillips by his side. Calvin Phillips has also been um, good. We'll see if he makes this lineup. But I think before putting Calvin Phillips in, you have to put Jorginho, who's been a rock, who's been such a great player for this Italy team. Yeah. You know, the penalty he put away was sublime. The way he organizes his midfield is really great and allows this marriage between the defense and the offense. Yeah, for me, for me, Jorginho has to be in this team with Declan because he's he is basically the Conte of this tournament. He's he's everywhere. He's offense. He's on the offense. He provides width on the offense. He's defensively there. He's moving the ball around. He's he's solid. Mm-hmm. He's there. Third midfielder. I don't know. I think that's a tough one to put because there's not really been an attacking midfielder. You could give it to Barella. I'm just going to right off the bat say Grealish. I'm sorry. I've been, I was holding it in. I just, he I just think, hasn't played enough. I think he... I don't really care. He is quality at every single time that he touches the ball. He is responsible for England being in this tournament still, even though he's being limited minutes-wise. I think just Barella's been immense in this tournament. He's such a good player. You can't... Agreed. Af- Agreed. I'm not even... Con- Verratti, out of the question... I'm not really seeing what he brings to the table. I think Barella deserves a spot on this team, don't you think? 
Grealish just hasn't played the minutes, I think. I'll and, give it to and you. had the impact. I'll give it. I'll give you. I mean, came in, came off, and came in for you know a game. You know, I know, I know. Did well, but didn't put that. I feel like yeah. Length in there. I'll give it to you because I was. Also, I'm also arguing with myself for that reason. Mm-hmm. But it, I feel like it's it's unjust. But it's it is close. Right. I'd say it's close. I just I give it to I give it to Grealish because I'm such a fan of his. But <laughs> but Barella for sure has proven that he's he's that solid offensive threat for the most threatening team in this tournament. So, yep, I'm gonna give it to Barella. Even if he, you know, it's been the Chiesa show after after the quarterfinals. All right, let's look at this front three. I think there's two easy choices and one not so easy choice. I think Ashuin is Sterling, who's been potentially mm-hmm. the player of the tournament. Yeah, with his end product, he's the only guy who really is threatening getting the golden boot away yeah. from CR7. But yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, right Kane here. is on four, four goals now. Oh, okay, Kane too. Yeah, but Sterling for me though. I mean, he's just he. Yeah, like you said, he's he's almost the player of the tournament. He's for sure the player of the tournament for England. Yeah, Spinazzola, you could say for Italy. Uh, yeah. Oh, player, player of the tournament. tournament. Okay. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, but Sterling for me, yeah, has to be there easily. And then moving on to the right. On the right side. Keza. Keza. He hasn't played much. He hasn't really. You know, Berardi was there at first. Now it's Chiesa, but the time that he's been on this pitch, he has proven why he is starting now. What a player. I mean, that that goal is replaying in my head where he taps it down, like straight down with his, you know, with his first touch, sets it up and just volleys it straight into that left uh, left side of the net. He, I, I can't look past Chiesa, even though he hasn't played much. Yeah, 100%. And he's the guy who was like, we were begging for him to come in mm-hmm. when they, you know, when Italy were looking we for were, that goal. We were, yeah. And and he came in and, and he came in and he proved himself. And I think he deserves a spot on this on this lineup. Yeah, I think yeah. Let's move on. Case is there. Up top, number nine. I <laughs> I don't know. I think uh, if if you've been listening to to us, um, you know that that early on we were, we were questioning Kane's. Kane's ability as a not his quality as a whole but just his he has not been on target so far in this tournament he scored four goals as of that point that we were talking about in the group stages he wasn't there he was basically the team brought him in Mm -hmm. right that's not something that you can say about Immobile Immobile was a cog for this Italy team from day one and just because Kane has put in a penalty here a nice dish there I mean they were Two, a couple sort of against cross, low, low cross tap-ins. Just because he's putting up goals against Ukraine, in my opinion, cannot he can't go on this eleven, this tournament eleven against Immobile, who is who has been allowing all these players to shine around him by playing them through. And I mean, Immobile has also had his rough moment. No, he's not perfect. A few matches, but but yeah, I mean, he's been really good. Even it's as an Arsenal fan, thing. like I'm, Kane is you know he scored four goals. How can you not put him and on the team? And talent-wise, you know? I mean, crazy. Kane, Kane's a goat in the world of. Football. And I mean, maybe if he come turns up in this final, he could maybe edge his way on the team of the tournament, mm-hmm. Kane. But right now, yeah, Immobile is useful, more useful for this Italy team. I think you could put DCL where Kane is, and you'd see similar outcomes. Yeah, and and I mean, if, and if you're saying like, oh, at home, shocked that we're oh we're putting in. We're putting in Immobile over Kane. I mean, there's a lot of other really good players, you know, that we didn't put on this on this lineup either. It's just the fact that 
immobile. This Italy team is so potent offensively, and it a lot of it comes from that number nine position. Mm-hmm. Drags players to the middle. Yeah. Insigne and Kesa free just causes discomfort. Insigne is a huge one. I mean, I don't think Insigne could put those those mm-hmm. curlers in if not for Immobile dragging dragging the center backs wide. Yeah, so there's the lineup. We got Donnarumma, we got Donnarumma. Shaw, Maguire, Bonucci, Walker, Declan Rice, Jorginho, Barella, Sterling, Immobile, and Chiesa. I think that's a strong lineup. That would win the World Cup. I'll sign that. Yeah, I'll sign all those guys. We'll that's a, a great team. team. We'll make Fullerton FC. And... <laughs> Yeah, Grealish. Um, some notable subs. We'll have subs. Grealish. And, you know, it's Salka, an even even distribution Chiellini. between both teams. Yeah. Um, and I would say Italy edges it in this lineup, even um, by even numbers. though just I think they do. even if it's not by the amount of players that the ones that we picked England players were close or yeah. an exception or something like that. Yeah. But the you know that team's really good. Both teams are really good. We're gonna have a a really great match. High intensity, high energy is what I'm hoping for, is what I'm expecting. Um, and whoever wins this, you, you could say they deserved it, I guess. I mean, yeah, <laughs> Italy I, deserves it a lot more, I'd say. Their their journey was exciting. I'm still thinking of what you said. But, high high yeah. intensity, high calories. We're going to eat a lot. We're going to watch the game and enjoy. <laughs> and it's yeah. going to be a good one for sure. Yeah. We're going to see a lot and we're going to have a lot to talk about. Yeah, and we'll break it down next week in the next episode of Fullerton FC. After this final, remember, guys, Sunday, huge game. All right, we've been Fullerton FC. Thank you. Thanks for listening, guys. I'll see you later. Bye.